Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 663 with Jessica Marshall. And sometimes it's not even blowing out a wall. Like I said, sometimes it's just like talking to us and going, hey, you just need paint and you need a really cool piece of artwork. Or it could be the lighting, like you just need a cool chandelier. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. You got to check out Wisetail, a premier learning management system. Wisetail is a forward-thinking training and communication platform built to engage today's workforce. Wisetail is trusted because it grew up alongside some of the most recognized restaurants in the industry. This has helped them shape their products and its functionality through real-world feedback and rigorous testing. Wisetail can help you scale your training initiatives across all locations while empowering your employees to take control of their learning and their professional growth. To learn more, head over to www.wisetail.com slash unstoppable or find the banner in the show notes. And if you use my links, you'll get three months free after signing up for a year contract. Again, that's wisetail.com slash unstoppable. Everybody loves payday, am I right? But loving your payroll provider, that's a different story. It's a little weird. Still, small businesses across the country love running payroll with Gusto. Gusto automatically files and pays your taxes. It's super easy to use, and you can add benefits and HR support to help take care of your team and keep your business safe. It's loyal, it's modern, and who knows, you might even fall in love. To learn more, head over to gusto.com slash unstoppable. And when you run your first payroll, you'll get your first three months free. Again, that's gusto.com slash unstoppable. Were you aware that 89% of guests will research a restaurant online before dining out? This is why it is so important for you to be mindful of what your online presence is. Visit getbento.com slash unstoppable to sign up for your Bento Box website today. Bento Box empowers restaurants to own their presence, profits, and relationships online. One more time, that is getbento.com slash unstoppable. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Jessica Marshall. Jessica, are you feeling unstoppable yeah today yes <laughs> yes yes she is <laughs> and um i am so excited for this conversation uh a little context jessica uh reached out to me how long ago like about two almost two months ago right i think so yeah, yeah. we're not around the time in early september mm-hmm. i want to say you reached out to me um and that was around the time i announced i'm gonna be going on the road that i'm gonna be going to northern california mm-hmm. and san francisco uh, yeah yeah mm-hmm. and uh here i am and uh, Jessica's hosting me. Uh, so grateful to have you hosting me here in your home, uh, welcoming into your home. And it just so happens that Jessica is a very talented and experienced restaurant designer. So we have this authority at our disposal. We're going to learn about the restaurant industry, specifically around uh, design. We're going to do a deep dive conversation to, uh, around design. We're going to cover the three most common mistakes restaurant tours make regarding design. But first, we got to get that 
actually, I didn't even mention the name of your, your business. Um, it's 15 years of experience, like I mentioned. And then the name of your business, Brass Rose uh, Studios, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, make sure those, those those links are in the show notes. But I cannot wait to dive into your story and to dive into these three things, the three most common mistakes restaurateurs make. But first, like always, let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. What do you got for us? I've got live it. Live it. Live it. Live it. Yes, live it. Dissect that. Why, why is that your, your choice, your, your mantra for today? Because if you're talking about, hey, I want to go travel, I want to see Rome, I want to see Morocco, then go do it. Live it. <laughs> live it. Do it, right? Do it. Don't dream it. Live it. Yes. I love it. Great way to get this thing started. So where does your your journey start? Take us to where you knew that restaurant design was going to be your path. Like I want to I want to get to know you a little bit more, more than I already know you. Where our listeners didn't know you. Mm-hmm. So I actually didn't know a restaurant was going to be my thing, the designing restaurants. Um, I was a girl in school who like liked art. Um, I was only good really at art. <laughs> so my grades weren't that great in high school, but um, I actually got accepted to an art college in San Francisco. Beautiful. So growing up here in Sacramento, there actually used to be nothing but like cows and horses. And so I've always wanted to travel and go check out the world. So San Francisco was a really good way out. <laughs> yeah. So I went there. I studied interior design, um, which had a lot to do with like art history and the buildings. Um, so got connected to that. And then being in San Francisco, I had some really good people who like took me out to like different restaurants and we got to travel around Northern California, which, you know, coming out of your parents' house at 18, you're just like freedom. Yeah. And then you're like, I'm going to go check out everything and anything yeah. I can. Um, And then experiencing like the restaurants, the atmosphere in San Francisco and wanting to travel, I realized within interior design, you could focus on hospitality. And then the hospitality design was designing restaurants and hotels. And in doing that, I'd be able to travel everywhere. Some of the things I want to dissect in Mm -hmm. your story, even up to this point, something that I see a lot with my guests, uh, they, they they live it right. They get out mm-hmm. and they, they, they surround themselves with other passionate people and they, they go to like hubs, whether it's San Francisco, mm-hmm. New York, Los Angeles, mm-hmm. uh, Chicago or travel abroad to, to go surround themselves mm-hmm. with other passionate people. Uh, I'm not saying you necessarily have to keep your career in these big cities because it might be hard to compete with some of these big dogs, but go surround yourself with people that it, when you go into these big cities, you're operating at such a high level that you bring those practices that you bring that standard of, of operation and you can inject it into a smaller community where mm-hmm. like you have like this this like edge over the, yeah. the local business because like you had to operate this at such knowledge. a high level right mm-hmm. yeah um so it's kind of like what you did now you're focusing on sacramento you went you know mm-hmm. and you're here in a smaller market yeah. uh, do you want to reflect on that or bounce any thoughts back from what no, i know it's true i actually didn't think i would ever come back to this area before because <laughs> yeah. um, i kept traveling and traveling so like going to um san francisco and then actually the first real um hospitality job I got was down in Santa Monica and then traveling from there to New Zealand and Australia and then England. I was there for eight years doing restaurant design and that's where I really got into like the whole restaurant hospitality where was this again eight years where were you in eight for eight years in uh, Manchester England okay um so another thought that just came into my mind too one thing I love about the restaurant industry is that there's so many verticals Mm -hmm. I think people think that um it's just chefs or front of house people, right? Uh, service yeah. oriented people. But I've interviewed myself, people who are, 
passionate strictly just restaurant design. Like that's their jam. They like opening restaurants. They're like imagining, envisioning and opening brands that they think are going to work because of the, mm-hmm. the, the design element and like the, the whole psychographic, uh, marketing development, like putting a brand in a community that's going to work. That's not really your vertical. But the point that I'm trying to make is kind of is, is it? Yeah. Oh, cool. kind of is. Sweet. Awesome. Yeah. So like you'd have this like chef or restaurant owner and they've got the, they got a menu. Yeah. Right. And they know, okay, I want it to be like this. And then that's it. So they have, they have an idea like, so I don't know, say it's like a Greek restaurant yeah, or whatever. And they have the menu and they have this idea of like the service. So we basically end up taking like whatever space that they want to go into laying out like the operational flow. So like the back of house and the front of house and doing it with the style that suits their brand. Okay. And doing it with the style that suits the service that they it's want their like customers. It's almost like reverse engineering, to, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. Nice. So mm-hmm. you start with the the menu. And what else? Yeah, their story. Their story. And yeah. then you reverse engineer from there. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. The whole point that I was going to make was that there's just so many verticals, right? Yeah, and there like, are. If you're not the chef, if you're not the, the front of house mm-hmm. operations whiz, but you love design, there could be... That could be your vertical. Like you could be a restaurateur who focuses on design, who surrounds themselves with an incredible chef and a service oriented oh, yeah. person. Mm-hmm. Is the point that I'm trying to make. Yep. And you can start your own business. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's just so much possibility. I think people get so narrow minded. Like there's mm-hmm. just so many things that are unique to this industry that you could be that you could start your own business under the umbrella of hospitality under an infinite amount of niches. It's true. Right? It's really so exciting. True. Yeah. So, true. so um you said eight years. Where, where where did you grow the most? Was it in England as a professional? Is there an area where you kind of really evolved the most as a restaurant designer? Yeah, I would say England. Um, yeah. Just because I was there for the longest and then having to work on like all different types of concepts. Okay. Yep. And then um, listening in really good because yeah. they had like a crazy accent. But um, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was just because husband's uh, Rocky is also British. Yeah, I should point yeah, out yeah. and I can read. He's from I, Manchester. I kind of know how you feel uh, trying to get used to the accent. <laughs> I love Rocky, but uh, it, I, the, the accent is fun. Um, it's sometimes different. I'm like, what did you say? Yeah, <laughs> it's like John Snow. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, keep going. Keep going. Um, yeah. So that that's probably where I grew the most, actually, because also um, the company that I was working on, we also did the commercial kitchens. So that has a is really important with that flow, especially with the restaurants, knowing how the back of house works and how the front of house works and how they need to connect for it to actually be a successful restaurant. Yeah, um, how does it all connect? Like, what things are we missing? Go go deeper. Pull back a layer. Oh, so it's probably like mm, like you're missing just one waitress station or something, just to make it that much easier for your employees. Or like, say you've got a bar and you're missing the glass washer so instead like your bartenders have to disappear into the back because they're running out of glasses and they've got to get more glasses and then your customers are like hanging out at the bar like hey i want to order a beer where is everybody it's all wasted time you got to think about where these things are located so it's Mm -hmm. not just the uh cosmetic appeal of the space but it's also the ergonomics Mm -hmm. the efficiency of the space and time is money right Mm -hmm. and people are probably one of our Mm busy if not the busiest expense in the industry what are they doing with that time? You know, we got to think yeah. about that. Yep, those extra steps, but also making it look good too. What are some other things? <laughs> and then this isn't what we're here to talk about today, but now I'm, now I'm interested. What are some other ergonomic designs? You mentioned mm-hmm. uh, server stations. What are some other things that people just don't think of and suffer mm-hmm. 
the long term because of it. Mm. Well, like I was saying with the glass washer, that's a huge thing. I mean, because like how many times have you been in like a bar and you're trying to order a beer, but there's not enough service or someone's gone and like you're just like, hello. Yeah. (laughs) Where are you? Exactly. Um, The other thing is also the front of house, too. It's like as a customer, you're coming in and you're like booking a table with. I don't know, your husband or your date or your friends or whatever. And then the table you get is actually right next to the bathrooms. I mean, right. that's kind of like not cool. That's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> Depends so, on your personality. I, guess. <laughs> I, guess so. I don't want to be by a bathroom. But it, it's thinking about that too. And it's thinking about like how you lay out the front of house. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else uh, th- that's worth diving into with your, your come up, uh, the, your backstory, uh, things that are unique to your story that we can share before moving to our first break? Put you on the spot. There. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Unique. No, I mean, other than just like realizing that you could do a really good operational flow and design it with style too, as opposed like to sometimes you'd like, you'd hire an interior designer, right? And they're so focused on the front of house and making it look good and getting into those magazines because they want it to look perfection. Or if you're hiring like a commercial kitchen, person and it's like they're kind of not really worried about your style or your brand but they're just making sure it's like the operational flow yeah so it's mixing those two like so it's like an equal balance of both okay say that one more time yeah go like i just want to make sure i I, I picked it up because i don't know Mm -hmm. just right so the uniqueness of like hiring someone who knows the back of house and the front of house and knowing that it's important to like collaborate with both okay so where have you seen a nightmare. Give me an example of a time that did not happen there where there wasn't good communication between like setting up the front oh. of house and the back of house. So there, so like a fast casual, okay. right? So if you think about when the customers come in and then they're lining up to get their food, they order their food and then there's like a huge queue, huge line and you've got to like cross back over just to go get your beverage at the beverage station. That's kind of like a huge operational flow mistake yeah okay see these are the little nuggets that we we just don't (laughs) think of right so um one other thought that i that just came into my head so the industry in the past 10 15 years especially Mm -hmm. basically your career in the past 15 years there's been this huge like uh conversion of the industry leaning towards fast casuals because of the operational efficiency, the lower overhead expenses as far as you know you know having to have so many people on staff um yeah. What are you seeing um, specific to that that like that full service to uh, fast casual like what what's just dive into that whole like mm-hmm. the things that we need to consider if we're make if we've been opening full service restaurants our entire life mm-hmm. we're, we're seeing where the industry is going with the uh, shortage of people and the the increase in automation which mm-hmm. I, I feel like leans towards the the, the fast casual model um, dive into some of the other variables that people just don't consider specific to that change in the industry from full service to fast casual. Is Mm. that all over the place? Did I lose you? No, 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 you didn't lose. (laughs) No, there's a lot, there's a lot to go into that. Um, because, okay. So like the service for a fine dining, right? Like what are they missing? Sure. Um, get into that. Okay, so a lot of times with a fine dining, I think a lot of people are sometimes forgetting how the customer maybe wants to feel. Like, so when they go into a fine dining, they want to feel special, right? They yeah. want to feel luxurious. Yeah. They want to feel like they they're a lot of king money. and they're exactly. being looked after. So it's making sure that that operational flow, the food, the service, the whole atmosphere 
makes them feel that way. So when you're, tr- are you saying when you're transitioning away from fine dining, people transitioning from fine dining to, to, to the fast casual, people are, are not transitioning or they're not pulling that, uh, level of service with the conversion. Yeah. Okay. So how mm-hmm. do you keep that high touch, high personal level of intimacy that comes with fine dining and inject mm-hmm. it into a fast casual service service. So what, service. so where in this, the, the channel of service, the, 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 the life cycle, the life cycle of service mm-hmm. from when the, when the, the guest places an order or walks through the front door to when they leave, mm-hmm. where do you put, where, where do you pick, I guess, where do you, where do you make up for that, that less, um, high touch environment? How do you inject that high touch into a low touch environment? Mm-hmm. Okay. So like the atmosphere of it, but then also like, so the service of it, but then it's giving, this is all bonus material, by the way, too. I'm putting I'm putting Jessica on the spot because we're supposed to be talking about the three most common mistakes restaurants make regarding design, but I'm I'm looking for a little extra here. So she's doing great. Keep going. Sorry. No, it's fine. Okay, so a lot of like the fast casuals that we're designing, right? So it's finding that um, the atmosphere that fits that brand. So it's still making them feel a little bit more luxurious, just because it's. It's like it's supposed to be fast, but it's also making them feel a bit more luxurious. Like they've got extra plugins for their phones. Yeah. Or it's just that extra like, you know, well, would you like this or hi, how is how's your day? As opposed to like a restaurant's just like, let me take your order and then that's it. Yeah. I think just I I think a lot of what I see in the restaurants that are doing they call it uh fine casual, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Uh which is like the new like it's it's yeah, high touch funny. but quick. Um it's just the little things in how you engage. Mm-hmm. Things like eye contact, things like when you when you pass somebody their food, are you sliding it across the counter? Like, look out, here it comes. Or are you looking them in the eye and handing it to them with two hands and waiting for them to take it and then saying, you know, like really yeah. making it personal yeah. and smiling and yeah. connecting with that person. It's all like emotional. You've got a five second window <laughs> to just smile, make eye contact mm-hmm. and show them you care with your body language and, and how you're, you're, you're handling their food in that short little window. Yep. But these are subconscious things that people pick up on, right? Mm-hmm. Using their name, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Little stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Is, is there anything else you can think of? No, we don't have to go any deeper there, but that's, you know, no, I think that's the, the major thing. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. We're going to take our first break to thank our sponsors and we'll be right back to dive into the three most common mistakes restaurant tours make regarding design. Your job as a restaurant owner or manager is to paint a picture of the job done right and to empower your employees with the tools and knowledge they need to excel. This is why you need to check out Wisetail, a premier learning management system trusted by our industry's most recognized names. With Wisetail, quickly scale your training initiatives across all locations, empower your employees to take control of their own learning and professional growth, foster communication and engagement through their integrated training and communication tools and ensure long-term scalable success with the help of their best in breed client experience team. They'll take you from goal setting and implementation to ongoing strategy and best practices training to make sure you maximize your ongoing investment in your training and your programs. And if you use my links, you'll get three months free after signing up for a year contract. Again, that's wisetail.com slash unstoppable or find the banner in the show notes. We're back and we're going to dive into the three most common mistakes restaurateurs make regarding design. So this is your 15 years of experience. These are the things you see restaurateurs missing all the time. Mm-hmm. What's the first one? So the first one is getting into that lease. 
and not understanding the cost that comes with it and not understanding the lead time that comes with it. Getting into the lease and not understanding the cost and the lead time. So mm-hmm. what do you mean by getting into? Mm-hmm. Like, we're, Take us to that point where we're talking about getting into the lease. Right. So you want to open a restaurant. You're looking at different locations and then you find that location and it's signing it without understanding probably mostly the biggest costs are your mechanical, electrical, and plumbing. So say you're looking at a place in a shopping center and it's a B occupancy, which is like a business. So therefore you've got to, you forget that there's no gas hookup to that location. Um, the HVAC might not be enough. So when you're actually starting to build out your restaurant, you realize that you have to put out a lot more cost for those gas costs, those plumbing costs, because those are, I think the major, major effects. So, just to kind of regurgitate, uh, when people look at the lease for the first time, they're not picking up on um, the electric, the mechanical, and the plumbing. Where mm-hmm. where would we look? when? If, say if I had a, a lease right in front of me. I know mm-hmm. every lease is different, mm-hmm. but there's probably some standards as to like where certain things go in the lease, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, where should my all... eyes like be looking to to make sure that these variables are being checked? What things mm-hmm. should we be seeing to make sure we're good? They'll let you know like what the panel is, like if it's a 200-amp panel. Um, and depending on what your service is and what you're trying to achieve, sometimes you actually need a 400 okay. amp panel. So where's that threshold from where we would need a 200 to a 400? Well, okay. So like it depends on what you're serving. So it depends on how much kitchen equipment that you're going into. Okay. So if you're just probably Ballpark, doing, yeah. yeah, like if you're doing a deli and you don't have fries and you don't have, you know, you're not going to have like really high voltage Okay. Uh, so you're just basically just equipment. paying for refrigeration, right. more or less. Mm-hmm. Yep. But then if you want to have, you know, like maybe three different types of fryers, and then you want to have a big oven, and you want to have a pizza oven, and the utilities don't really serve what you're trying to put yeah. in there. And then the, this gets really important, too, especially if you have like a, a, a home run with your, your concept, right? Mm-hmm. And you start small, and maybe you don't need it right now, mm-hmm. but you do have intentions to scale over time. Right. So like maybe I don't need that now. We're good. But how close am I to that that barrier or that that um, ceiling under 200 volts? Like am I am I flirting with that line of having too much? Am I not? Is it going to inhibit my ability to scale? Mm -hmm. Basically is what I'm getting at. So like how much wiggle room do you have? Is probably something you want to look out for. Mm -hmm. Uh, What else? So the other one that kind of goes hand in hand with that, though, too, is trying to do it all yourself. Oh, that's the next one. Yeah, that's the next one. Should we, is there any way Because they kind do- of like, they, they kind of intermix with each other. Because like how, because you're right, like how are you actually going to know like, okay, do I actually need a 200 amp or do I need a 400 amp? I don't know. Yeah. So right? when I say the next one, uh, what Jess and I, are, we have three items listed right now. So the, the <laughs> second item, a little teaser, is trying to do it all yourself. is something that you see restaurateurs making a mistake to get their mm-hmm. costs down. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I just want to give a little context there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So... Um, back to, wait, explain again why those two are so mm-hmm. close mm-hmm. one more time. Okay. So like the major thing is trying to save you money or understanding what those costs are before you actually sign the lease. So you don't lose money okay. <laughs> in the long run, or at least you're aware of it. Okay. Um, is actually 
hiring a professional to help with that, which a lot of times some people, because they try and do it all on their own and they just go forward and go into it. Whereas like if you had like your team set up in place, like a mechanical, electrical or plumbing engineer, then they're able to help you figure out like, hey, this is your menu. What kind of equipment do you need? This is how much you're actually, you know, gonna, you're going to have to have like a, I don't know, four inch gas line. You're going to have to have two HVAC units. You're actually going to have 400 amp panels that you're going to need. So it's either and that's when if you know that before you actually sign the lease then you are able to like negotiate that with the landlord. So the big lesson, whoever. <laughs> yeah, the big lesson is just don't sign the lease until you get somebody who's a specialist to look at it. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. Um, anything worth unpacking more deeper, pulling back more layers in this first topic of mm-hmm. um, just the build out and lead times. I don't think we really t- dove into the lead times. So yeah, much. the lead times. So it's also knowing that it does take time. Like even if you don't hire a professional, you still have to get your building permits And a lot of times when you go into the building, like the, depending on what jurisdiction you are, so it's either a county or a city to get those building permits, they take at least a good month. Yeah. Like four months. And then they always have red lines or comments. And then, so you've got to answer those back. And then it's another two weeks on top of that. So what's the best practice regarding lead times? Not signing a lease until you know exactly how long it's going to take because then you're paying rent. On a space you can't turn yeah. revenue so on? So if you know how long, if you know these lead times, you could probably negotiate like a good, I need three months free rent. And a lot of times, sometimes they do that. Okay. So that's, so that's the big takeaway good, right there mm-hmm. is like, not only are you getting um, to, to make sure the actual physical infrastructure can support what you want to do, but if it can't, if you already signed the lease, mm-hmm. now you're you're on the hook for paying right, your that meters, uh, exactly, <laughs> right? So these, I mean, how much? Like, how have you? Give me an example of how expensive it's gotten for somebody. Can you think of like some numbers to like yeah. give an example? Mm-hmm. So we were doing a restaurant in, um, it's kind of like San Jose. It's a little bit above San Jose, and there was a water fee that came about, and it ended up being like a twenty one k extra water fee that they had to pump into because it was like an older building it twenty one thousand dollars yep. additional yep. expense mm-hmm. be- during the build out yep mm-hmm. what how long was the build out so the build out was it ended up being six months because of like funding and all this horrible information that came about so a lot of times when you're actually looking at a space and if you have your team together like if they had like that mechanical engineer come out and do like a site survey or actually a mechanical engineer would probably know a lot of the codes and regulations there they'd probably be able to put together like a good budget for you before you actually sign the lease yeah (laughs) and then you might want to change your mind (laughs) so uh you know worst case scenario um you you sign the lease and then you 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 realize that you can't use the space or you have to change your original vision uh Mm -hmm. which kind of sucks the life out of the project, right? Because mm-hmm. you have to do what you're confined to. Yep. Uh, so there's a lot of reasons to really, you know, mm-hmm. again, the emphasis of having that specialist, right? Yeah. Um, is it safe to go to number two? Is there any, anything else you want to share regarding just the build out or lease times or lead times? I don't, um, it's maybe kind of understanding like what the construction costs are. Cause the construction costs are a lot. I think out of everything, the construction costs are the most, So you've got like, so say in a, like a lower side restaurant, like a lower end, I guess, restaurant, you could say your construction costs are about 50% of what those are. 
Um, building permits are four, design fees are 15, and then kitchen equipment is normally 31%. So there's different percentages. Um, You're talking about and different these are the, the percentages of the total expense of opening the restaurant. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. Say those one more time. Yeah. So lower end, you've got construction, and that ends up being at like $24 per square foot. So it ends up being like 50% of okay. your actual overall budget costs. Okay. So, I mean, I feel like it's pretty obvious why you're bringing this up, but like kind of round it off and mm-hmm. say exactly why this is the last thought you want to bring to the table before we go to the next. Mm. So just knowing like, okay, this is how much total it's going to cost me to open a restaurant. Okay. So gotcha. that way you're kind of, there's no surprises. A lot of times there's always surprises. Yeah. With oh, construction. Like, mostly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even if you do orders. everything right, there's going to be something you miss. <laughs> right. So don't be beating yourself up if like mm-hmm. you do cr- check all the boxes. Whenever they start pulling walls down or lifting up floors, especially in older buildings. Oh, yeah. Especially it's, if it's a renovation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, cool. So I think we can go to the next bullet. So we covered uh, the build-out costs and the lead times or things that restaurateurs are missing when opening restaurants, uh, which is why it's worth having a designer on your team. Or in your corner, or however you want to say it. The next thing we're covering, um, number two, trying to do it all yourself as a restaurateur is one of the biggest mistakes you see. Dive into that. Okay, so that's kind of seeking a lot towards the overwhelm too. And say like, so they start it because the their their superpower is the food. Their mm-hmm. superpower is the service. Whereas like if you're trying to do that all yourself and then you end up doing like the design in the front of house, you end up trying to order everything like the back of house, kitchen equipment, the furniture, the artwork. It's, it's a lot. It's a, yeah. you know, it takes what are some it. of the variables people don't consider when trying to take on some of these examples you're sharing with us? What do you mean? Like, so you're saying it's a lot to mm-hmm. give me an example of something that a restaurant tour would take on. Thinking mm-hmm. like I can do that too. Like I mm-hmm. have a good eye for art mm-hmm. or like I, I, I've always been nifty with fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. Um, give us an example, fill in the blank, mm-hmm. right. Of something that a restaurant or a specific, you see mm-hmm. them take on that yeah. they really underestimate the level of time and skill that goes into whatever that right. project is. Okay. Is that a specific, does that yeah, make yeah, sense? Yeah, cool. yeah. 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 That makes sense. So like say they're trying to take on everything, right? So they don't have an interior designer. They don't have an architect. They're just, going along with the construction guy yeah the thing that takes a lot of time is like when you're putting together the list and budgets of your back of house so all your kitchen equipment Mm -hmm. all your front of house furniture lighting and it's also coordinating those things once you actually pick them you've got to do like all those invoices you've got to keep track of the budget you've got to get them to your restaurant when the contractors actually need them Mm. so it's a lot of coordination it's a lot of project management. A lot of communication. Mm-hmm. And like communication yep. in itself is a full-time job if you're communicating with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Emails, phone calls, all day, different uh, contractors that you have coming in, right? you got to coordinate all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But then you're also interviewing all the people for your restaurant yep. to try and hire them. <laughs> yep. You're also trying to put together stuff for the menu. You're also trying to find your food. You're also trying to... Just everything. Then, Find your POS system. Yep. And then you're calling audibles when they start pulling up the floorboards and the walls and mm-hmm. they start finding different size pipes and electrical and like, you know, all these things compound. And you, you might have a an idea of what it's going to take and that idea or your perception of what it's going to take. Maybe you could have handled that, but there's almost always something you're not considering. Mm-hmm. And as you start adding all these other things onto your plate, overwhelm must come so fast. Yeah, especially if you have other restaurants too. Mm-hmm. 
right? Because then you also got to be running those other restaurants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else that falls underneath this topic of trying to do it all themselves? Any specific examples? Can you tell us a story? Um, well, it's also not just about the restaurant, though, too. It's about those people who are like trying to do the restaurant, but they also have children. Yeah. Or they also have a husband or a wife, and they're trying to balance all that. The, you know, it's a lot of overwhelm. <laughs> it is. It sure is. Okay, one more quick break to thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back to dive into the third thing that restaurateurs, the biggest mistake restaurants make when opening a restaurant from a designer's perspective. It's the entrepreneurial myth, and I'm sure you're familiar with it. It's the idea that when you open your own restaurant, life is going to get easy because you get to do exactly what it is that you love, whether that's front of house or back of house. And then reality kicks in, right? You've got to do all this other stuff that comes with owning a business like taxes, HR, payroll, really boring stuff. That's where Gusto comes in. Gusto makes payroll, taxes, HR actually easy for small business. And if you want to add on 401k or health benefits, it's a breeze. Those old school clunky payroll providers just were not built for the modern small business. Not to mention you, you've got to compete with the big guys, but how do you compete with the big guys when you don't have big guy bucks? Well, with Gusto, that's how. Get back to doing what it is you love and let Gusto handle the rest. And because you are Restaurant Unstoppable listeners, you'll get your first three months free when you run your first payroll. That's Gusto.com slash unstoppable. Again, Gusto.com slash unstoppable. Bento Box is more, much, much more than just another restaurant website developer. It is a hospitality platform designed to disrupt third-party services that come between the restaurant and the guest. Bento Box puts the restaurant first and offers tools that drive high-margin revenue directly through the restaurant website. These tools allow you to easily update menus, promote and sell events, share your press and media attention with the world, sell gift cards, take catering orders and much much more in other words bento box puts you in control so that you can focus on what matters most your restaurant bento box is trusted and loved by over 5,000 restaurants worldwide because they empower restaurants to own their presence profits and relationships online sign up today at getbento.com slash unstoppable one more time that is getbento.com slash unstoppable all right we're back and we're going to cover the last item the third thing that you as a designer see restaurateurs doing wrong you're looking at your nose right now or texting someone i'm looking at my notes okay. i was like what is the third <laughs> uh, i got remembering who they are and why they started yes remember so that also goes into the overwhelm so like how we were talking about like you're also trying to balance your personal life too mm. And it's remembering why you're getting into it. So you are trying to, like, if you take all this on, I think you're also, well, possibly, not everybody. They're forgetting, like, their major passion is the food, and it's the people, and it's the community. Or you're seeing, like, you see a lot of burnout, or you see people just like, like why did I do this? Yep. Well, what's the point? Mm-hmm. So what, what do you recommend people do to make sure they don't lose sight of why they started in the first place? It's It's very similar in all businesses, too. It's having that right team. So having the, the surrounding yourself with the right people mm-hmm. that will remind you why you do it. Well, not only that, but having like, okay, so if you're the reason why you started is because it's 
comfort. It's something that you grew up with. It's the food that, you know, you wanted to open the restaurant because of the food. Yeah. Because you want it to be the chef or you want it to like give to the community this whole big atmosphere and good food. And then I totally just lost my train of thought. No. (laughs) No. So basically what you're saying, I think I understand. um, uh, So a way to prevent yourself from losing sight of why you started in the first place is mm, by having help, having that team yeah. so you can focus on what it is yeah. that you, and whether that team is, you know, someone to give you advice or whether you're actually hiring those other people to help you yeah. easily create a restaurant. Yeah. So never losing sight in the first place because mm-hmm. you have all these people taking the load of all these mm-hmm. Tasks and responsibility, so you can stay focused on the the mission, the purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Your superpower. I, yeah, and I think yeah. a, a lot of times people too they 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 know why they start, but they never take the time to really to get it written down, mm-hmm. right? So write it down, write it like spray paint it on the wall, before, like during mm-hmm. construction, so it's someplace you'll cover it up later as a reminder. You know, mm-hmm. this is why, like, so it's there every day. So when the shit does hit the fan, or you you do have a hard day. It's like, boom, that's right. I knew this was going to be hard. Like, here's my reminder. Like, you, we got to write things down. It's, it's why we write down our, yeah. our mission statements, our vision statements, our core values. Mm-hmm. Make sure Matra. it's... Yeah, your yeah, whole brand. It's got to be there, mm-hmm. right? Um, so what else? What else can we do to to kind of stay on track? I mean, we said hire the right people, get the right team so everyone has the right lane. Mm-hmm. Uh, write down the, the, the why in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else we're missing? I don't think so. Not in that. That one's kind of short and sweet. Pretty short and straight to Mm -hmm. short and sweet, straight to the point. So, uh, let's start to let the folks know how can we connect with you. Um, If so, fifteen years in the industry, um, helping build up firms. It's time to break down on your own. Start your own firm. Yeah, got my baby company. Yeah, you got it going. You got (laughs) you got a few clients. You're doing great. Um, Tell us more about what you got going on in the future. Kind of fill the listeners in on what. What else you got going on? Yeah, that's it really. Just trying to focus on the restaurant business and make it a lot more easier for them to open their restaurants. I love it. Uh, so if we like you, we enjoy this conversation <laughs> and we're looking for a designer, how can we connect? Yeah, you could connect um, on my website. It's www.brassrosestudios.com. Um, I've got my services on there. I kind of focus on like three major services. What are your three major focuses? Um, so the major focuses are, um, there it's the operation and it's style. So sometimes you need both. Sometimes they're just looking for one. So sometimes it's a restaurant that's doing like really good and they just want to do a revamp. So that would probably just be the style. Mm-hmm. Opera- Staying fresh. Yep, exactly. I have more questions coming to mind. Okay. Sorry, finish what, finish <laughs> your away. train of thought. <laughs> and then there's the um, the operational flow that we though we do too. So sometimes, you know, they're pretty happy with their front of house. It looks good, but then maybe they just want someone to check out their back of house. They're like we were talking about with yeah. the bar. If they're missing that glass washer, then we look at that and go, hey, you just need a glass washer. Um, or it might be something like, Hey, I just want like a piece of artwork just to draw people in. It's like sourcing. Yeah. That's cool. Mm, I didn't even know that was a a vertical within. Yeah. So if you're just looking for like furniture or artwork. Oh, and then the thing that we do too. So we have a resale license and so obviously designers, they get a pretty good discount. Okay. And so we share our discount with them. So say it's like 50 
percent. We get on See, the this is all stuff I did not know. Yeah, it's just coming <laughs> to mind right now. Actually, yeah, I love it. Um, <laughs> so if we get like a fifty percent discount, we end up doing twenty five. So we split it. Okay. So uh, one the th- the thought that came into my mind, mm-hmm. something that comes up often on the show, is that the idea that we got to stay fresh. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should be putting aside a certain amount every whatever month or week to mm-hmm. in- invest in staying fresh. Because they say like. Oh, I don't want to put words into your mouth. How often should we do a revamp in your opinion? How much money should we be putting aside to be able to stay fresh? I don't know if there's like a certain amount. I mean, paint goes a long way. Yeah. <laughs> it's just paint. Um, normally five years. Okay. That was the number I had in my head. Yeah. So. It's normally five years, but it also depends on, I don't know, the materials that you actually have currently. I mean, cause you could like open your restaurant and you know, you don't have the money at the moment. So you're going with like laminate tables. Yeah as opposed to like stone tables or wood tables, whereas like obviously stone tables or concrete tables, they're going to be a lot more durable than mm-hmm. those laminate tables because they start to like peel off mm-hmm. after a while. So it, you know, it depends what you've got in there, but normally five years is a good. Yeah. They, they say five years. You think about all the restaurants that are opening around you. Mm-hmm. Like what are you doing? I think it's another, uh, something to be said about the starting where you can and scaling. Mm-hmm. Um, when you start small, that staying fresh every five years comes a little bit easier, yeah. right? Because mm-hmm. the business is growing. So you can add on this feature. You can blow out that wall. You can mm-hmm. add beer. You can, you know what I mean? You can, yeah. you can stay fresh mm-hmm. like that. So and sometimes it's not even blowing out a wall. Like I said, sometimes yeah, it's just, just like, you know, yeah. Talking to us and going, Hey, you just need paint and you need a really cool piece of artwork or it could be the lighting. Like you exactly. just need a cool chandelier. Yeah. Beautiful. I love this conversation. Uh, so what is the best way to connect with you? If you want to ask uh, some more questions, maybe uh, hire you. Um, what's the best way to connect? Best way to connect is probably email. Um, and go ahead with that. That's uh, Marshall at BrassRoseStudios.com. And it's, yep, BrassRoseStudios.com. I'll have that yeah. website in the show notes as well. Yeah, in the website. The website you could um, book direct off of that. Beautiful. Like We could schedule like a um, one-hour consultation. And you said something before we got started along the lines of the first five people that reach out to you. Yeah, who are <laughs> Restaurant Unstoppable listeners. We give them a good 20% discount. <laughs> nice. So the first five people to reach out to Jessica, make sure you, you let her know that you heard about her and her services through Restaurant Unstoppable. Um, maybe put it in a subject line, Unstoppable or like whatever. Perfect. Uh, yeah. That way she can find it. She knows exactly where you came from. She will hook you up with 20% off. Thank you so much for that. And... um. Also, just thank you for being a supporter of the Restaurant Unstoppable Anytime. mission. Uh, I would not be able to do what I do without people like you uh, who listening in, hearing me traveling and just having crash pads. Uh, this makes my life so much easier. Plus, I like the company. Who right. likes to travel alone? It's nice yeah. to have people around you. It's nice you, to meet you know? different people. <laughs> yeah. So just, I, just, I just want to say thank you so much for supporting the mission. And um, you know, I'm super excited for you and your new business. And you're gonna crush it uh so let's hook this lady up use her as your designer <laughs> yeah um and i almost forgot to have you call somebody up i mean you've already given me a bunch of names but we gotta do something publicly um maybe somebody i haven't already interviewed <laughs> yet mm-hmm. who comes to mind mm-hmm. um so there's tino phillips she has a restaurant in roseville she owns buck and sadie's um her and her dad actually started her restaurant her dad um had bj's okay i don't know if you've heard of bj's i think they're yeah, more... I have. oh you have yeah oh so he used to um so he started the 
concept. Damn. But then he sold it off, and then him and his daughter did Buck and Sadie's. So that was, um, they're actually one of the restaurants I designed. But they're doing really good. Um, and then they have a food truck now. Yes. So it's a family-owned business. Hear me, hit me with her name one more time. Tino Phillips. Tino Phillips. Look out. I'm coming after you. I'd love to get you on the show. And uh, you already mentioned your website. Uh, but say it one more time just for that final so impression. So it's uh, Studios.com. And this is episode 663. So head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 663. I'll have a summary of today's discussion as well as how you can connect with Jessica. And uh, just again, one more time, thank you uh, for taking the time to share your knowledge, your mentorship, and support the Restaurant Unstoppable mission with giving me a place to crash for a week. Uh, so grateful yeah. for you. Awesome. Thanks. Cheers. There's another one in the archive, and I have a couple calls to action for you. Please reach out to me, Eric at restaurantunstoppable.com, Facebook slash restaurantunstoppable, and Instagram, Eric Cacciatore. If you are interested in letting me know who I need to make an example of in Sacramento and San Francisco, I'm on the road. I'm in California, Northern California, through the rest of October into November, and I would also love to connect with you, my my listeners. Grab a beer, grab a coffee, grab whatever. Let's let's connect. I want to go deep. I want to get into with my audience and my my guests so uh that all starts with you guys let me know who's out there uh not just guests but yourselves i love connecting with my listeners and let's also start growing this facebook group that i've created the unstoppable restaurant owners and operators if you guys want to communicate with each other if you want to reflect on episodes that's where i want to start doing this so email me to get permission to be added to that group or to search for it on facebook all right guys let's do this peace